your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And today we will be continuing our coverage of the draft prospects. Draft is right around the corner. So we'll be featuring, the way we've been doing this is four players per show. Two players that the Avalanche probably won't land, uh, but it's good to just get their names out there and get people familiar with them. I guess there's always a possibility of, of people falling. Happens all the times in drafts, so who knows? But uh, two guys that they probably won't get and two guys that should be around uh, when they pick and uh, possible that they, they could pick two of these guys. So we'll talk about uh, four players in total, and we'll be doing that all the way up and through next week uh, when the draft is on Saturday of next Saturday. So uh, we'll do that. And we will also get to our poll. Uh, we have been grading the 2019-2020 season for each individual player going alphabetically through the roster. And for today, it was Pablo Francois who is up. And uh, you can find those polls for, for future ones. We do them every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, you can do that on the show Twitter page, which is L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. So follow the show there. Follow on Instagram. Search for Locked on Avalanche. And send anything that's on your mind, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, whatever you feel you want to get off your chest regarding the Colorado Avalanche, send that to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. All right. We will uh, jump right in here with our continuing coverage of the draft prospects. And we've been starting with the, the two players that probably won't end up in Colorado's wheelhouse. Uh, if for whatever reason they fall, Avalanche will probably pounce on some of these guys uh, or they might not. You never know. That's the beauty of the draft. We really have no idea uh, how these things pan out, which is why I love drafts, no matter what the sport is, because I love seeing guys where you think they should go, but they don't for whatever reason. Um, it happens every year. So could some of these guys be guys that drop? We'll just have to wait and see. So the first one we have up today is uh, Jack Quinn. Uh, Jack is a uh, right winger. His stats from last year, pretty gaudy. So 62 games played, 52 goals, 37 assists. That's 89 points. That is impressive. And when you look at that, uh, there's no way around that. Th those are great numbers. And anybody would be willing to take a player with those numbers. Are there underlying issues? Yeah, there are. And I'll get to some of those in a second. But uh, when you put up numbers like that, that's going to turn heads. And that is going to be something that a, a team no doubt wants. You, you know, a team that is struggling and scoring will want to look at a guy. You might give up some things with him uh, if you pick him because he's not the fastest skater. And when you, you know, when you're in an NHL level, you're obviously going to need to be quick. So he's not the best. He, he's a very good skater in terms of like his edge work and things like that. But in terms of, of sheer speed, he doesn't have it. The other thing is, yes, those numbers are great. 
he played for the Ottawa 67 in the OHL. They were a juggernaut in that league. Everybody in that team could score. He also played with Marco Rossi. Now, Marco Rossi is not a guy that I'm going to be covering because he is a top, possibly a top five player, definitely a top 10 player. Uh, he, he played, Rossi played on this team as well. They didn't play on the same line, but they did play together when it was power play time. Uh, and from his, what did I say? He had 50 some goals, 15 or 16 off the top of my head were from the power play. He benefited from being on a very good team. I mean, I don't want to take too much away from that. We've been going through the roster of the avalanche and we've said so many times that if the season didn't get paused, we'd probably have a lot of players on the avalanche that would have, would have collected season highs. And that's because they're on a good team. They're on a team that can score. So this is, is kind of where uh, Jack Quinn falls. So did he benefit from playing with Rossi? Sure. But everybody did. And everybody kind of played off of each other. Um, Struggles in the passing game. So that could be an issue for him when he gets to the NHL and the speed of the NHL uh, might get to him when it comes to his passing, because as it is now, the league he's in now, he struggles to, to lead guys appropriately. Uh, kind of will, will just throw it to the midsection of, of wherever he's at, wherever he's throwing it to and, and hope that that guy can corral it and make the play. So he really needs to tighten up his, his passing because uh, you definitely need that in the NHL. So the speed, because he's not that fast of a guy, uh, the speed for him and his passing might, might be a struggle for him. And just because of uh, he lacks the, the speed avalanche, the avalanche club likes, do they ignore a player like this? No. I mean, the avalanche like quick players and they like to play a fast game but that doesn't mean, you know, everybody on that team is fast. Miko Rantanen is not the fastest skater. Gabe Landeskog is not the fastest skater. They, they can keep up, definitely. But when we, when we think of the avalanche, you know, we think of Nathan McKinnon. And nobody's on Nathan McKinnon's level when it comes to speed. Can, can he keep up with these guys? Probably. I mean, with those, with, with, you know, like with the Rantanens of the world and, uh, Landis got, he, he could probably keep up with them in time when he bulks up a little bit more. And that kind of just naturally increases your speed. He could, I mean, he, it's not like he's going to be left in the dust. That That's not the issue, but the way that the avalanche play, would they, would they want, would they want him to work on his speed? I think definitely where he makes up in that is he's very smart. He, he lets the game, I don't want to say he lets the game come to him. Like that's a bad thing, but he can see he's very good at seeing the ice and what's going on and kind of assessing, which is why I think maybe he plays a little bit slower game. So it really is. Do you want smarts or do you want speed? Um, if you want smarts, this is your guy. He is a shoot first guy. Uh, he's, he's maybe a little bit of a liability on the defensive end. You're not really taking him for that. You're taking him because he can score. So there are teams that are going to jump at him. I I've seen, and again, with this draft, it's crazy because after you get out of the top 10, maybe even stretch it to the top 12 guys 
are interchangeable between let's even drop it down to 15 from from 15 to the end of the first round guys are you can see you can find someone that is going 15 you can find someone that's going 26 or 27 and that's across the board for that stretch of players so and i've seen this with him i've seen it where he is going as early as like 12 and i've seen it where he's going like 23 so could he be there anything is possible if it he falls to the avalanche would they take him I think he might be one of those players that's too good to pass up because the thing with the avalanche is you do not need to rush anybody that you're picking. So if you have a guy that you think, you know, is, is you can work with him and he has, he's going to need some seasoning and, and to fine tune some things like passing uh, the avalanche would definitely take a guy like this, put him in a system, build him up and, away we go. So I definitely think that uh, this would be a guy on the radar if he falls to him, but I don't think he will. I think someone because of his gaudy stats and he is a, a scorer, uh, I think he is going to be scooped up early. So uh, that is Jack Quinn. Uh, second player on this list that again, probably won't fall to the avalanche, but just throwing the name out there. So maybe people get familiar with him. And again, anything can happen. Uh, his goes by the name of it's Radion and his name is spelled R O D I O N. But from all the pronunciations, I believe it's Radion Amirov um, left winger, six foot tall, 168 pounds needs to put on some bulk tall, but thin uh, 17 games played. 10 goals, 12 assists for 22 points. So yeah, uh, for a winger, he is going to need to put on some pounds because at that weight, you're, you're not gonna, you're going to get snapped like a twig. So uh, he was the leading scorer in the under 18, uh, excuse me, the under 18 uh, WHC last year, which was better than Lucas Raymond. And now again, this is another player I'm going to reference because we're not going to probably going to talk about Lucas Raymond because he is going again, top five, top 10. He had uh, more points than Raymond did at the WHC last year. Like I said, he's, he's a tall, but very thin guy. So he can get knocked around. He has great skill. And from everything that I have read, and I've seen a couple videos on him, uh, he's probably the best one-on-one player in this draft. So if he can get into open ice, uh, you're probably going to be embarrassed uh, because he's very good at puck handling. Maybe the best puck. I'll say the second best puck handler in this draft class, um, which is great. (laughs) So, uh, and he has very good shooting accuracy. So in open ice, he can do some damage. Some people really, really like this guy. I'm not as sold on him as others. I think he, he, the weight scares me. Uh, But again, this is a guy who, if you put him into a, like AHL system or wherever he's going to play, you can build him up. And um, by the time he gets to you, he'll probably pack on 20 pounds and be a completely different player. This could be a guy the Avs like uh, because 
for that aspect, for that reason, for that aspect, they, they don't have to rush him. So letting him mature over a few years, it might eventually give the Avs a very, very solid player down the road. So, um, but again, he is a guy I have seen. I saw one mock draft with him right around 10, but that was an anomaly. Most of them um, have him late, mid to late teens. So again, that's in that realm of something could happen where it, it drops. He drops for whatever reason and he goes to the avalanche. But those two guys, I don't see it happening. So uh, we are going to um, take a quick break and then we are going to talk about two guys that might fall into the lap of the avalanche. The one guy that might fall, who are we going to do first here? Let's do Dylan Holloway. So Dylan, this one could actually, this could very well happen. I've seen a lot of mock drafts that, that have the avalanche if he falls to them. And in some drafts, they don't really have him as falling. They have him late first round. So Dylan is a left winger, six foot tall, 192 pounds. So he's got the size already. 35 games played, eight goals, uh, nine assists. So 17 points overall. The thing with, with him, he's a, he's a very difficult player to assess. Um, maybe one of the more polarizing players in the draft. So he does several things very well, but nothing is exceptional. Nothing is over the top that wows you. So all those little things that you're looking for a guy, he does all of them and he does them well, but nothing where that jumps off the page. Um, if that's what you're looking for, you take him. So he, he did not have the season that was expected of him. He was playing on the same team as Cole Caulfield, who, if you're familiar with the draft, was drafted last year, uh, and they played at uh, Wisconsin together. From what I understand, Wisconsin was supposed to have a very good team and severely underachieved this year, so he was a victim of that. Apparently, Cole Caulfield was not. He performed as expected and as advertised. So, But playing on the same team as him didn't do much for him. Now, towards the end of the, the season, he started to pick it up a little bit. So people think maybe he just needs some adjustment time, but that adjustment time took way, you know, the final handful of games where he really started to pick it up. So they're really expecting a lot from him next year and that whole team. And Caulfield, from what I understand, is coming back. So that's good for, for him. So he's going to play with, with another season with Cole Caulfield, who is – should come into the NHL lighted on fire from what I would guess. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. So he'll benefit from that. He had a really good under 18 WHC. People were putting him into the top 10 after that WHC. Um, and then he had the freshman year at Wisconsin and all that went away. So he's got the skill. He has the ability. He's a very good passer. His shot needs some work. He's not very accurate with it. But in the Alberta Junior League, so this is the, this is the, the season that people were like, wow, this guy's top 10 talent. 
53 games played, 40 goals, 48 assists. That's 88 points. Yeah, uh, that will that will turn heads, but you follow it up with kind of a dud. Maybe you just needed to get used to the college game, whatever it is, but he did seem like he started to figure it out. And if you remove maybe like the first three quarters of that, that season um, and go off of the last 10 or 12 games, he started to put it together. So this might be a guy that you you take a shot at because it seemed like he figured it out. He's, he's proven he can score. So uh, you, you, you maybe take a shot on him. Really watch what he does next year at Wisconsin with the expectation that he is going to pick up where he left off. But the flip side of that is, does he do this with every level he gets to? Because if you need time to figure out the NHL game, your career might be short. College, you can get away with it because you might be there for a few years and you know maybe not so much is expected of you as a freshman. And then you can mature and, and fine-tune your game and figure it out. Uh, by the time you figure it out in the NHL, you might be on a different team. So we'll see with him. Um, he could fall. He could fall to them. There, there are some people that are expecting him to be around when the Avalanche pick. Finally, the last guy we're going to talk about here is, I love this name, Hendrix Lapie. I think it's Lapierre. Again, these are all new guys, so we don't have the names down perfecting that. Uh, play center, six foot, 181 pounds, 19 games played. Now, the stats I'm going to read to you are not the best, but there's a reason. So 19 games played, two goals, 15 assists. It's only 17 points. Now, you might be asking, how is a centerman this high up with, uh, you know, only two goals? So, all right, let's talk about him. He jumped on the scene in 2019 after the Helenka Gretzky Cup. And again, he's another player after that tournament. People were putting him into the top 10. But what happened is injuries happen in a big way. He got, at the time, he got three concussions over a span of two years, I want to say. Three concussions for a young kid is scary just from a health of that person standpoint. Forget about the hockey. Uh, when you have when you, when you are believed to have three concussions, and I say that because he got re-diagnosed. I don't know how much longer after the fact, but he got re-diagnosed, and two of them were re-diagnosed as neck injuries, not concussions. Again, uh, concussion, neck injury, it's all in this area, and that's not good for a young kid. So he has skill, but he is injury prone and it's a dangerous area where he's injury prone. Does this sound like anybody we know on the Colorado avalanche, Connor Timmons, anybody crazy amount of skill and Timmons got hurt again in the playoffs. And it looked like upper body, mainly head injury for Timmons. We haven't heard anything and what came out of that, <coughs> excuse me but it's feared that maybe he got another concussion. And if that's happened to Connor Timmons, I mean, once you get a concussion, you are way more susceptible to them. So uh, 
he, I don't know for maybe, maybe he just did that to, to, you know, really kind of not scare off scouts as much point being uh, three injuries to your head area is not good. After that, after kind of all of those injuries came and went, he, he kind of just went down. And I think the injuries really played a, a part of that. So what this is, is basically grading him on things that happened before these injuries, because he's got boatloads of talent. He, I said earlier, who was, um, where is he? The last name, Amirov was a good puck handler. Lapierre is probably the best puck handler in this class. Up and down, all of them, top 10 included. His puck handling is insane. Go watch videos of this guy puck handling because I think there's some videos of just him puck handling. It's nuts. So definitely uh, the best puck handler skills in this draft. He can he can play. He has the ability. He has offensive ability. But this all boils down to injuries. And I think this is going to be one where uh, if, if you're thinking about drafting him, you're getting a medical team on staff. And, and, and you're using that medical team to say, you have as much say into us picking this guy as a GM. So it's got to get cleared by the doctors for, for a team to pick this kid. I'm saying it has to be, but you know what I mean? Like they are going to get, they're going to do their due diligence in vetting this guy. Health included, doctors included, doctors are going to be there. So I really, these are guys that I like taking a chance on uh, because I think he could be very, very special player, but yes, the injuries do scare you. I, I, I don't, how can they not when it was um, thought that he had three concussions, there was one uh, right up on him that I read that said, okay, he has three concussions and two goals. He has more concussions than he has goals. Do I really want to take a player that that is their stat line? And you can't really argue that, you know? So I think if he's good to go, if he is uh, cleared, that's the most important thing that he's a healthy young kid. So uh, if he is cleared, then give him a shot. He's going to get picked. I mean, he's going to get picked in, in the first round. Uh, most, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that like it's a definite. He's kind of on that cusp of late first, early second. Uh, so he should be around when the avalanche pick. And again, this is the the spot that the Avalanche are in. Do they take a chance? Do they want to take a chance on a guy and hope it pans out? Because they don't have to hit a home run right here. They you want to clearly, but you don't have to. And anybody that you take, you're not asking them to step in right now and and make a difference. If he's going to college, if whatever player is going to college, perfect. Go to college. If you want to go to the AHL, WHL, wherever you want to go. Uh, and build on your game because we'll be calling you in a couple of years. We don't need to call you right now. So you might take a chance on a guy like this. I, I don't see anything anything wrong with that. Uh, but I love this stuff. I love seeing where all these players go and uh, what where players rise and players fall. And these are th this especially this draft class. You have no idea, no clue where these guys are going. They they could 
be, like I said <clears throat> in the beginning, mid-teens, they could drop out of the first. And there's some guys that are ranked in the 40s and 50s that I'm seeing some people are thinking mid-20s where the avalanche pick. So it'll all get worked out, but man, I, I can't wait for that. So uh, one more piece of business to get to, which is our uh, Pablo Francois grade. Before we do that, we're going to hear from Built Bar, and we have had Built Bar on for a while now, and for good reason. They are incredibly delicious, healthy protein energy bars. Uh, Built Bar is great for the healthy, conscious guy or girl. Lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet if you're on that. They came out with a new flavor. So I'm going to tell you what it is and then go get it because they're probably going to sell out soon. It's pumpkin chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, go get, go hurry up. Go to builtbar.com. And when you put in the promo code locked on, you get $10 off of your next order. So make sure you do that. Builtbar.com. Promo code locked on, $10 comes off of your next order. Okay, Pavel Frantzos. Uh, I thought this would be a little bit more polarizing because of the way his season ended in the playoffs. People kind of tend to really focus in on how somebody played in the playoffs and uh, either want to keep them forever because they did well or sell them and you know burn them at the stake and trade them get rid of them. We don't want anything to do with them. And I thought because of the way Pablo Francois played in the playoffs was, which was not the best. I thought people were going to kind of turn on him, but it doesn't seem to have happened uh, at least in the Twitter sphere. So he got 32% for an a, he got 60% for a B he got 9% for a C and nobody voted D. I thought there was going to be a couple people that were really ticked off at how he played in the playoffs and uh, gave him a, a terrible grade, but they didn't. So I'm, I'm proud of you, Avalanche fans, for doing that. So a couple people commented. Uh, they said, if we could throw, this is from at your guy, Steven. If we could throw out the postseason, I'd be tempted to give him an A, but you have to look at everything. So I'm assuming he gave him a B because he didn't say in the message, but yes, we are taking the entire season into account, not just the regular season. If you're, if he didn't play in the postseason, Grubauer played everything. Uh, you might say he probably gets an A because he had a very good regular season. Um, this is at the Evangelist. Only reason to grade him different than a B is based on your expectations going in. Good point. And at Paul Freizens, Friesen six. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name said season was good. Playoff, not as good, but this is first experience in the NHL playoffs. All in all, still a backup was able to step up when called on gives him a B season results are better than Grubauer. All right. Uh, I think, you know, if you think back to the regular season, yeah, I think people were, there was a divide. There was a divide between who do we start Grubauer or Francois. And it was like split down the middle. There were some people that were saying Pablo Francois is outperforming Grubauer, through, you know, through Grubauer's injuries. There were some people that were saying 
Grubauer's the number one guy. When he comes back, he's healthy enough. He's better than Francois. He deserves it. But the way that Francois played um, during the regular season, if the season didn't pause, he was playing the best goalie uh, position of, of the season at the time of the pause. Grubauer got hurt in the outdoor game. And then uh, Francois came in and lit it up two weeks in a row. He was on the NHL uh, three stars. The first week he was the number one star. The second week he was the number three star. He had one, I think his record was like seven, one and one after that might be eight, one in that realm, but he was playing possibly the best goalie uh, position maybe in the league for that little stretch of time. And I know it's not a huge stretch of time, but everything was on his shoulders. Grubauer was out and it didn't look good when Grubauer got hurt. So uh, they had asked him, you know, the, here's the keys of the car. You got to do something with it. And he did, and he performed. So then you fast forward to the playoffs and it seemed like it fell, it started off good. He shut out Dallas in the round Robin tournament round, whatever you want to say. Um, he looked good in that. And then kind of, he, it kind of, the wheels fell off. And now we find out that he was hurt. So uh, we don't know to the, what extent, but he never came back. When he, when he left that game against Dallas, when, when Colorado looked awful um, after Camel Carr muffed that puck behind the net and he came out, everybody thought it was just because let him just let him take the night off. The, the, the abs aren't going to win this game. It's not looking good for them. Give him a rest. He'll come back the next day. And he didn't come back at all. So I don't, I don't, we don't know what's going on with him there. So because of, of the, the playoffs that he had an opportunity there, he had a real opportunity to, to, if he got the abs, if they're still playing right now, which would obviously be in the Stanley cup playoffs and is because of Francois, we might be having a different conversation about who the starter is for next year. And you would no doubt be giving him an A in this grading. But I think because of his postseason, um, I think that drops him down a touch. I went back and forth on this. And I have the ability to give pluses and minuses. I don't have that ability on Twitter because I can only give you four options. I want to give Francois an A minus. And that's the first A I'm handing out for this season so far. And again, we're going alphabetically. I think a backup goalie being called upon as much as he was called upon for this year and the way he performed. And like I said, those two, two weeks in a row to be on the NHL three stars list. You can't take that away from him. So yeah. Uh, postseason, not that good, but probably injured. Not going to use that as an excuse for him, but tried to play through it and couldn't. But uh, I think his his regular season, which was uh, 34 games played, 30 games started, 21, 7, and 4, and a 9.19 no, – no, I'm sorry, a 9.23 save percentage. He was, he was great. He, he had a really, really good year, um, and I think he deserves it. I think he deserves – to bring home a grade of A and hang it on his refrigerator. So that's what we're going with. A minus for Philip Grubauer. Monday, next on our list, is the show's favorite player, 
Sam spin cycle Gerard. Uh, so that is going to be up over the weekend. Go to Twitter, L O P N underscore avalanche. Give Sammy G his grade for the 2019, 2020 season vote comment. I read the comments on the show. Um, and that will be for Monday. That's going to do it for today. And for this week, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, definitely check out locked on NHL for things going on across the league, including the Stanley cup playoffs, uh, including, including the draft, which is coming up, which, um, Adam Denker, who hosts Locked on Lightning, and I did the Thursday show for Locked on Lightning. Uh, and definitely check that out because we have our our issues with the uh, NHL awards that were handed out, as you could probably guess why. So definitely go check that show out. But him and I are doing the Thursday show for a little while. So check out Locked on NHL for things going around league-wide. And, yeah, that's going to be it. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. Go, Abs, go!